Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hello, hello. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and you all know me. I am your host, the one and only voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, broadcasting once again deep behind enemy lines, south of the border from beautiful, sunny, hot Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Man, it was a hot one today. It was a hot one, and uh, I've just been getting slammed with work. It's one of those days where, you know, I'm normally out here just on vacation. But since I was already working from home and Chicago was kind of driving me crazy, I figured, why the hell not? I'll go to PV. The place is wide open. The weather's more, uh, you know, perfect. It, it is the, I can't say perfect. It's the rain season here. So um, every couple of days you get a little sprinkle. And every once in a while, you get a big tropical storm that blows through. I had one last night. It wasn't the biggest, but it's it's pretty great, man. You get to sit on the balcony and watch all this crazy lightning and, and thunder out over the uh, the ocean there. But yeah, every afternoon, right around the time where I get done with my regular 9 to 5 work, the, the, the clouds roll in. So... Um, that's been bugging me a little bit. I need to change up my work schedule so that I'm in the pool when it's sunny and I'm working when it's cloudy. But anyway, happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you all so very much for tuning in once again. I hope you all know I appreciate each and every one of you, especially all those of you individuals with the cervix, <laughs> which uh, I've been trying to attract more of those uh, people. I would prefer to call them women, just for the sake of brevity, to the liberty movement. And I've been having some discussions with people about how to do that. Because there's, not only is there a shortage of people in the liberty movement, but particularly a shortage of women. And, I, you know, I don't, I need to hear from more women as to why that is. Um, I, I think it just has to sort of do with the natural tendencies of, of men and women and and how men tend to be more risk takers, I guess, than uh, women are. So maybe that has something to do with it. And the idea of having absolute freedom or absolute liberty isn't as appealing to, to women. I, I, I honestly, I don't know. And I would love to have somebody on the show to, to uh, maybe talk to them about it but really the, the riskiest thing you can do in your life is leave anything up to the government i mean that's the last thing anybody should want to do i know it, they make you seem and make it seem like it's really safe and secure if you just hand over a little bit of your liberty to them and they will take care of you and they will do this for you and they will do that for you but that's really the riskiest thing that you could do so that's why we do need to attract more women to the liberty movement. And I am open to suggestions, but I'm going to get into that, um, the, the riskiness of allowing the government to do things for us a lot more um, during this episode. So if you don't understand that reference, there was an article. I, I came across it on Twitter. If you're not following me on Twitter, you should be at Pedal Fiction. But there were... It was something about along the lines of uh, individuals with the cervix are now being urged to get like HPV testing by the age of 25 or something like that. And <laughs> it's just uh, the, the, this planet is completely gone to shit. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to be on Elon Musk's next mis mission to Mars. 
But anyway, I, uh, I think I have a pretty good show planned for you today. I don't know if I'm going to go as long as usual. Um, I, I don't have that much to talk about, but it's always sort of hard to gauge as to how things are going to go when once I get going here. But th- there's been some pretty interesting developments happening with government and, and things that Donald Trump is doing with uh, an intervention in the private sector. And um, we also, on top of that, we have all of the, the the stimulus plans being talked about. And I still don't know. I haven't seen anything as to whether or not they've actually ironed out the details on the next round of uh, checks that are going to go out for COVID relief. But, it, you know, it really doesn't matter. I know that Nancy Pelosi, who probably thinks that she has the votes locked down in the House to sort of press the issue last i heard she was upping it from three trillion to like 3.4 and as you guys know the the republicans were like much closer to a trillion and you know they'll, they'll settle somewhere in the middle there if they haven't already and there'll be all kinds of pork in there i mean you guys should know how this works by now point is that government is doing and wants to do basically the exact opposite of what's best for America or what's best for the American people. Like I talked about on the last episode, I guess this is sort of like a follow-up to that. They just want to do what's best politically for them, which is to give people money, to increase government programs, increase the size of government. It's popular. It's popular with all of the people, with the masses, right? And you know the reason it's popular among most people is because they don't know any better. And why don't they know any better? Well, because they've been educated in government schools their entire lives. Because the government has been the one telling them that this is the way things should be. Their entire lives, they've been bombarded with this. And they haven't been listening to this podcast. I mean, this is quite the racket that they get going, right? You take over the education system. You make sure that you you teach people that government is the savior, that they're here to help you from cradle to grave. And anytime there's a problem, the, the only way to fix it is to look to government, to look to our wise overlords in Washington, to come up with some solution, you know, get together, reach across the aisle, hammer out some legislation, and they'll they'll come to the rescue, right? You know, you 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 go on Twitter, you hear Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris and even Donald Trump talking about we're going to take care of the American people. The American people are going to come first. We're going we're going to give them this or we're going to give them that or at a time when they're hurting, we need to erase their rent and all of this nonsense. When the reality is the government doesn't do anything. The government is the problem. What we need in times of crisis, uh, yeah, I mean, what we need in general is limited government, as limited as it can be, right? I talked about on the last episode that it's an albatross. It's a weight weighing us down. But especially when there's an economic crisis, when there's a problem with the allocation of resources and, and things are limited and resources are more precious than ever, what we need to do is we need to shrink the size of government. We need to eliminate entire departments. We need to eliminate government employees. There's like 20 plus million people working for the government right now. But anybody ever hear of government employees getting laid off during COVID-19? They, they shutting down departments that we don't need that aren't necessary, absolutely essential to the um to the survival of the country during COVID. I mean, other than the, the teachers, right? The, the schools, which is absolutely just hilarious to me. They talk about, especially, you know, people on the left, they hammer on and on about education and this, it's like the most important thing. We got to have more teachers. We got to pay teachers more. Education is like the foundation of society and everybody benefits when everybody gets a good education and blah, 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 all of that crap. And the first thing they do is shut down the schools when this COVID starts running rampant, even though it has absolutely no effect 
on children, like whatsoever. The death rate from zero to 18 is zero. Okay, nobody is dying. No, no kids are dying. Okay, these teachers are not in any um, danger of COVID-19. But now that I want to go back to work, and of course, if you suggest that they go back to work, or if you're Donald Trump and you suggest cutting funding to the schools, well, then you're heartless and you want teachers and children to die and everything like that. I mean, I mean, which is it? Are these schools essential? Is education the most important thing in the world? Or can we just like shut it down for a year or two because some people might get a runny nose? I mean, p pick a side, but whichever side you pick, I mean, if these teachers don't want to go back to work, I'm fine with that. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the less work they do, the better, because all they're doing is churning out a bunch of communists. However, if they're not going back to work, I'm not going to be stroking my property tax checks, which uh, have been going up year after year for the, the roads and the education system and all this shit that they're shutting down right now. I mean, these te it, it's unbelievable to me that people think these, these teachers don't have in incentives to not go back to work, to get a paid year off, because their checks are still going to come. They're in no danger of losing their jobs. They're in no danger of losing their income. This is just like a, an extended summer vacation for them. No, I don't feel safe, so... Uh, you know, let's just keep the keep the uh, the school closed. And I thought, I, you know, I hear Bernie Sanders talking about this all the time. Education is a human right. Oh, well, what about these kids' rights to uh, education? What? Because there's a, a virus, your your human rights go right out the window. There's just so many problems <laughs> with uh, that that retarded mentality. And I'm going to get into a little more uh, of the the Bernie Sanders antics later. I love to troll that guy on Twitter. Not that it's actually him, but whatever uh, idiot he has controlling his uh, Twitter account. I, li I like to troll them. So if you're not following me on Twitter, you should, because I like to have fun with the, uh, the Bernie bros out there. But if education is the, this human right and it's so vital to society, how can these teachers you know, not risk getting uh, uh, COVID-19, a, a case of COVID-19, whatever the fuck that means? You're sick for a few days. Um, you have a point like zero zero three percent chance of dying if you're under the age of whatever and you don't have underlying conditions i mean this is why we're shut we're we're denying children their right to an education i mean come on come on i mean it's just so obvious they want a fucking paid vacation all of these teachers and if you go back and listen to the episodes i've done on the um the teachers unions I absolutely shredded them. If you haven't listened to those episodes, you need to go back and listen to them because it's so obvious that the, the, the second it comes down to dollars and cents, the children go right out the window as far as the teachers are concerned. It's never about the children. It's always about their bottom line. And who can blame them? Who wouldn't want to take a year off and still get paid? I mean, obviously. Obviously, it's the same thing with this uh, $600 a week federal government program to, to pay people not to work. I, I saw Nancy Pelosi came out and said that there was no incentive for people not to work if you're paying them six hundred an extra $600 a week in unemployment benefits. Uh, okay, Nancy, that's almost as stupid as the clip I play at the beginning of this show. But she's got a ton of them. And I heard that Yale or Harvard actually did a study on this. Like they had to study as to whether or not there, were, there was a, a negative impact on incentive if you paid people not to work. If you, if you paid people 600, like $600 a week, uh, paid vacation, or if they'd work for like $300 a week, which one they'd take? Which option are you going to take? And, and they actually had to do a study to figure the answer out to that. And they, they actually got that wrong. So uh, th there's your Ivy League schools for you. I mean, of course they're incentivized not to work. Or at the very least, they're incentivized to work under the table. Like, they're not going to go get a, a regular paying job that gives them a W-2. Of course not. They're going to be making cash under the table, and companies are going to be hiring people and paying them cash under the table. I mean, who wouldn't do that? Then you get your 600 a week or your 400 a week or whatever number they decide on. 
you get that plus whatever you were making. You know, I, uh, I've, I've talked before about how I, I grew up working in paint stores. Like my entire, um, all my teenage years and even into my early 20s when, when I was in school, I worked uh, part-time in a paint store. And um, uh, my boss at one of them, I, I remember talking to him, all, all of these painters, you know, they go, they get fired. Um, not not the ones that have like their own paint business or something like that. They they do all kinds of shit under the table. They don't report any of that income. And it's pretty funny because he was a Polish guy. He spoke fluent Polish, and we, we'd get every single Polak contractor from the, the entire Chicagoland area coming to our store because he could speak Polish to them and he'd do their taxes for them and shit. Anyway, he knew how to paint as well, but he managed the, the, the paint store. And for a while, you know, he just got fired from that job and he went on unemployment and he painted houses on the side. So he, was, he, he basically started a, a painting business while on unemployment. And that's exactly what, what's going to happen to all of these people that are going to get these checks coming in from the government. Um, the, the, the idea, I, I just can't imagine, I, they can't be that stupid. You know, it's either stupid or liar, right? And Nancy Pelosi is dumb, but she's not that fucking dumb. She's just lying. She's just lying through her fucking scary ass looking face. Anyway, that was a little tangent there. I almost lost my train of thought. I think I was talking about government employees getting laid off, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and like the teachers aren't actually getting laid off, they're just getting paid vacations. But, you know, I remember um, complaining about this, this is probably months ago, to somebody who was fairly ensconced in the swamp, if you will. And I remember talking about, you know, well, if this is such a crisis and um, all the American people are out of work and they're, they're making us shut down our businesses and we can't earn. Why are all these senators and congressmen, why are all they, they're still taking a salary. Uh, why don't they just, you know, stop during the pandemic? And at least as a show of solidarity to stop, if they're going to keep their constituents from earning, why don't they themselves stop earning, right? And they came back to me, and I'll, I'll never forget this because she said, you know, it's illegal for them to not take a salary, as if that's why they aren't all suffering alongside the American people. All of our wise overlords in Washington, the reason why they're not suffering along with the American people that they're forcing into suffrage is because it's illegal for them to not take hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. That's why they're not suffering alongside all of their subjects, right? It has nothing to do with them being the rulers and us being the ruled. No, no, it's just illegal for them. They, if it wasn't illegal, obviously they would, of course. So uh, I just had a little fun with them. You know, I just asked her one simple question. Who made it illegal? Who made it illegal for them not to take a salary? And who has the power to um, reverse that decision? And uh, as you can imagine, that uh, put the kibosh on that pretty quick. But the point is, the point is that government is a waste, okay? It's a drain of scarce resources. It, it's taking stuff away from the private sector and squandering it at a time when the private sector needs it the most to correct the economic imbalances. They, they take more than ever. They, they're taking trillions and trillions of dollars, right? And they're putting it into circulation. They're... Uh, confiscating untold amounts of resources from the private sector right when the private sector can least afford it. What we need to do is shrink government. We need to free up these resources to be reallocated properly, and we need to have uh, sound money. And I mean, the government is literally doing everything in their power, everything it can do to make the exact opposite of that take place. They are increasing the size of government. They are squandering res uh, scarce resources. And they are creating money like it's going out of style. They are crushing the dollar. Gold had an all-time all new high. Today, I think it closed around uh, $2,060. Silver ripped up last time I saw it. It was around $28. I haven't checked it in a while. Um, the dollar is getting demolished right now. 
absolutely demolished. So everything that they do, all their prescriptions for the problems that we face are the exact opposite of what we need to have happen. And I came across a, uh, a, a Bernie Sanders tweet. He called it an economic bill of rights. And let me see if I can pull this up here. This is what a 21st century economic bill of rights is. The right to a decent job, the right to quality health care, the right to a complete education, the right to affordable housing, the right to a clean environment, the right to a secure environment. Let's keep fighting. <laughs> and I tweeted back at him. I was like, literally, none of those things are rights. And everything that Bernie Sanders advocates for and all of these crazy socialists, democratic socialists, I beg your pardon, everything that they advocate for jeopardize those things more so than any other system devised by man. If you want a decent paying job, if you want quality health care, if you want a complete education, affordable housing, a clean environment, and a secure retirement, you want the free market. You want the government out of the way as small as possible. You don't want them doing anything. You don't want them involved in any of those things. And isn't it funny that all of the areas where the government is most involved, education, housing, health care, the environment, your retirement, they're all disasters. Social Security is a fucking Ponzi scheme. It's bankrupt. Okay, the environment, I mean, I think it's fine, but we have the EPA. They're destroying things left and right. Affordable housing. The government stepped in to make uh, housing more affordable. You know, this is one of the more bizarre things that they do, right? Because on the one hand, they, they trot out the Federal Reserve and the Ben Bernankes of the world, and they never want housing prices to go down. Yet they want to make housing more affordable. Well, which is it? Either housing prices come down and they become more affordable, or you blow up a housing bubble and you allow the, the housing prices to increase and people to feel like they're getting richer and borrow against their house and take out all these second and third mortgages and all that crap. Well, how do you, how do you then make that more affordable? What, what they mean when they say make it more affordable is they, they're going to make it easier for you to go into debt to buy it, right? Like they're gonna make college more affordable, right? That was their goal with student loans. How'd that work out? Well, they made it affordable in the sense that you could borrow. You could borrow hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a worthless degree. Sure, that's affordable. It's affordable if you never wanna be able to do anything else. If you ever wanna have to pay off that debt, that's not very affordable. But they, they, they afford you the ability to go into debt to overpay for shit to overpay for houses, to overpay for education, to overpay for healthcare. I mean, my God, what they've done to the healthcare industry is a tragedy. It's fucking criminal what they've done to the healthcare industry. And I mean, a, a decent paying job, they literally will not let companies open their businesses. They will, they will shut you down. Um, what's his name over in California? Ah, I forget his name. The mayor of Los Angeles came out and said he's going to shut off power and uh, water to any business that begins that tries to operate against the, their decree or any houses that have gatherings of too many people. That's that's happening. That's real. He says he'll send in the cops and then the cops will will tell their the, the department of whatever to shut off their water, to shut off their electricity. But I, I thought we had a right to a decent job, a decent paying job. Oh, unless, you know, we, we deem you, you, you know, you're not an essential employee. Uh, of course not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is really getting out of hand. And this stuff with the L.A. mayor, man, like you, you guys got to get the fuck out of California. Anybody that's still there is crazy to me. That that place is a cess. The whole West Coast is just a goddamn disaster. I can't imagine living out there. And uh, if my mayor is going to start shutting off my fucking power because I have too many people over at my house, man, look out. Look out. And where's Bernie Sanders on this one? I thought, you know, electricity was a human right. I thought running water was a human right. I'm sure he's just as outraged as the rest of us, right? Crickets. Crickets from Bernie Sanders on that. 
You see, it's only a human right if you do what the government wants you to do. Then they'll make it a human right for you, which is tantamount to no right at all. They're granting you a privilege. They're granting you the privilege of running water until you run afoul of the government decree, and then they'll take it away like that. Yeah, yeah, we don't have rights anymore. We have a bunch of fucking government-granted privileges and a bunch of hypocritical fucking pussy politicians who won't hesitate to take away your livelihood, who won't hesitate to shut down your business, take your electricity, take your power, take your water if you don't do what they tell you to do. That is where we are. That is the state of America in 2020. Man, it, it is. It gets more depressing by the day. I mean, seriously, this is the government. These are the public servants, as they like to refer to themselves. These are the people that we elect to represent us, and they're just going to shut stuff down. I mean, this is the mafia. This is the federal mafia. This is exactly what you know, Tony Soprano would do, and I'm going to get into the other side of this on with Donald Trump here in a minute. But I mean, it, I just keep thinking of, uh, you know, that scene, I don't know if you guys have seen A Bronx Tale, that, that bar scene, that's just a fucking classic scene with uh, Chaz Palminteri or whatever his name is, and the biker gangs in the bar, and they get into a little confrontation or whatever, and so he, he goes over to one of the bikers, and they, they have it out or whatever, and the you know, the biker's like, hey, we just want a couple of beers and we'll be on our way. A couple of beers, yeah, sure, no problem. And then the bikers take the beers, they trash the place, and uh, Palminteri walks over to the door, locks it, and says, now you can't leave. Except that we're, we're the bikers, we're not trying to trash anything. We're not doing anything wrong, we're just trying to live our lives. And the government's coming over, locking the door, and saying, no. Nope, you can't, you can't do that. And we just bend over and take it. At least those bikers tried to fight back. I, I want to see what everybody in L.A. is going to do. If the mayor of your city says, I'm going to I'm going to shut off your power if you have too many people over and you don't resist that. It, it's all over, man. It, it's all over. We, we cannot keep taking this sitting down. But this is not a government anymore. I don't know exactly when the transition made its way from a government to a mafia, or if there ever was a transition, or if they were always the same thing. But this is, I mean, we are, we are so far gone. And, and go back to, to that episode I did on uh, Independence Day. That, you know, I, I, I talked about the founding of America, the idea of America, and what the founding fathers had in mind. Could you imagine anything, anything like this? resulting from the idea being that we're going to bound the government in the chains of the constitution and uh that the you know the government is the people of the people and they get their rights from the people we sacrifice we turn over some of our rights to the government in in return for these other things do you have the right to just turn off someone's water, to turn off someone's electricity if you don't like what they're doing with it? If you don't like that they're using it in a way that, I mean, this is so fucking ridiculous. Well, how can we delegate rights to, to the government that we never had ourselves? And how can they do something and claim that they get the right to do it from us if we ourselves never had the right to do it in the first place? And these are the lefties, you know, these are the, the supposed, the ones that care about everybody. They're not the authoritarian ones. You know, Donald Trump, he's the fascist. He's the authoritarian guy that we got to worry about, right? Well, we're, we're going to get into some of his uh, nonsense in a second. But let's take a quick second and thank our sponsor for today's show. That is, of course, Lorenzotti Coffee, the guys that will bring you premium Italian coffee delivered right to your door or supply your coffee house or whatever business you got that requires professional coffee brewing equipment with everything that you need to brew that perfect cup of coffee. It's a company started by two liberty-minded entrepreneurs who came together over their love of coffee. And if you go to Lorenzotti.coffee, that's L-O-R, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, otti.coffee and you use the promo code fiction you will get 10% off your order and if you order enough coffee you'll get free shipping so make sure you do that 
lorenzotti.coffee, promo code FICTION. Help out our sponsors and help out your favorite podcast. We all win. One of those beautiful free market arrangements that came together voluntarily. And if you haven't already, uh, make sure you check out the um, that documentary that I was plugging about a month or two ago. The uh, Navy SEAL Target of Opportunity. It's on Amazon. But you guys should uh, give that a little look too. That's uh, you know something that another fellow ANCAP filmmaker was working on. And uh, I-, I know he'd like to see that get as many views as possible. Put a lot of work into it. It's free to watch, you know. Anyway, um, one of the other stories that's been, I mean, it's, it's sort of old now, but it's still really recent in the news. I mean, it keeps popping up every day or so. And that's this whole thing going on with Donald Trump threatening to ban TikTok unless they sell to, to Microsoft, right? I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this, especially because, you know, uh, re- Republicans tend to not, um, criticize Donald Trump or something. like I barely even know what what TikTok is like I know that like uh, teenage girls use it to like make stupid little videos or something and that nurses were, were doing it during the whole COVID thing I have no idea how it works I don't think I have the app on my phone but um, the idea that the president can just decree that 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 he's going to ban a company from operating in the u.s like what the fuck is going on here he claims it's a national security threat i mean that is so laughable because his point is that china is using it to steal our data right which i mean aren't all of these uh social media isn't that the exact same thing facebook is doing twitter is doing uh instagram Don't, don't they all do that stuff snapchat don't, don't they all just take our data and do whatever the fuck they want with it? Isn't that just sort of a given at this point? But the idea that since this company comes from China, oh, oh, we can't have that. They, we can't have them taking the the, the data preferences of, of some 16-year-old girl making a stupid video that nobody cares about. <laughs> just the fact that it's a national security threat when we have things like the Patriot Act and the NDAA, I mean... There, there's literally we have the largest spying apparatus ever known to man they're recording all of our fucking phone calls they're storing you know they're doing mass bulk data collection and storing it in these warehouses but no 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 can't have this china company storing some uh tiktok data absolutely not absolutely not i mean this is all just so ridiculous what happened to individual responsibility if you don't want, I mean, everybody knows at this point, everybody knows that all of these apps and everything, they're all stealing our data. That's why the apps are free. If the app is free, you know, uh, you're, how, how does that saying go? The app isn't the product, you're the product or something like that. Listen, everybody knows that they're taking our data. Okay, so if you don't want China to have your data, don't use the app. What's wrong with that? I mean, where is the the rule of law on this? What, ha- what where's the due process? Like, like, hey, this is just so absolutely ridiculous. The president just comes out here and says, "Yeah, no, you have to sell your company, or I'm going to ban it." What? I mean, this is how this is how everything bad starts, right? Because China, because Donald Trump has ranted and raved and and convinced a a large swath of the american people that china is the problem that they're our enemy that everything that they're exploiting us and they're taking advantage of us and we need to stick it to china right it's okay to ban their company from operating over here and that's how every ban starts that's how every authoritarian regime gets their engines running they find a scapegoat that everybody can agree they don't like, and they ban it. It's, we saw it with Alex Jones, with uh, you know, when he got simultaneously banned from like every possible platform. Oh, but it was Alex Jones. He's crazy, you know. He he deserved to get banned. He's nuts. Nobody cares, right? And we can ban TikTok because China is bad. Donald Trump said so, and then it just snowballs from there. And look, I mean, the idea that the, there are countries out there that are like all good or all bad and 
I know it's tempting, especially among the, the right wing of America, to have all this American pride and America's the, the good country and, and China is the bad country or Russia is the bad country. It, it doesn't work that way, okay? It, it's far more nuanced than that. And uh, every country has uh, quite a bit of bad in them, at least at the government level. And, uh, you know, I don't want to confuse the people of the country with the government of the country because I hate it when people do that. But the idea that, you know, we're America good, China bad is just so fucking stupid. But they're basically colluding. I mean, Donald Trump is colluding with Microsoft or any other company that he's going to force the sale of. Uh, he basically goes to, he goes to Microsoft and says, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to force them to sell their company to you at, at fire sale prices, and you just give me a cut of whatever you get. But if anybody else had done this, if a private company or a private citizen had acted the way Donald Trump has just done, they'd be thrown, they'd be in handcuffs right now. They'd throw you in a cage. But nope, of course, when it comes to the government, we make all these exceptions. This is just perfectly fine because, well, he said China's bad and uh, they're, they're abusing you, so we're, we're going we're gonna to force the sale. I mean, th this is criminal. You, you, you can't just do this. <laughs> But they, they get away with this stuff all the time. Like like I say in the uh, in the trailer for the show, the the way they do accounting, the the entire way the government operates is illegal. And if any of us, any of us subjects, acted like the way the government acts, which claims to get their ability to act that way from us, we would be thrown in a cage. But when they do it, it's perfectly fine. This is the most blatant example of the government being the mafia that I can think of, at least in recent history. I mean, explain to me the difference between what Donald Trump is doing with TikTok, China, and Microsoft, and what Tony Soprano would do. Exactly. There, there's literally no difference. It's a shakedown. It's a forced sale. It's, I'm going to hurt you unless you do this for me. We don't have, there is... There is no federal government, okay? They are the federal mafia. And to go after China is just so stupid. Why, why poke that bear? We are making out like bandits with our relationship with China. They make us a bunch of stuff. Everything we, I mean, look around your room right now. Everything you have there is probably made in and around China. And we give them a bunch of worthless pieces of paper that are becoming more and more worthless every day that passes. And one of the only reasons that they take that worthless paper is because we currently enjoy that uh, reserve currency status that I talked about on the last episode. And even that is starting to come under the gun because you can only debase things for so long. And I have an article here. This was, uh, this was on Zero Hedge, but it's actually written by... Uh, the, the Zero Hedge guys. I don't know if it's one guy or multiple guys that control this site. It's uh, Tyler Durden is the, the pseudonym for the guy that, that writes the articles or for who's ever writing the articles. I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's more than one guy. But Tyler Durden is the, uh, the, the character from Fight Club, if I remember correctly. But um, the article here, Russia, China, de-dollarization reaches a breakthrough moment as countries ditch the greenback for bilateral trade. So what's happening here is late last, and this has been going on, they've sort of been nibbling around the, the edges of this for a while. I remember, uh, you know, three, four, five years ago, there were a lot of articles coming out about how Russia's starting to do some deals, you know, not using the dollar, you know, buying oil using some other currency, or China's not using the dollar to settle with another country. But right now it's starting to reach an all-time high. And if you remember back, if you haven't gone back and listened to uh, the last episode where I talked about the reserve currency, you should probably go back and do that because... Like I said, I don't like to do these episodes in a vacuum, but basically the reserve status means that anytime countries exchange, make some sort of exchange with each other, uh, they buy and sell commodities, everything's transacted in dollars, okay? And that creates demand for all of the dollars that our Federal Reserve is printing into, well, creating out of thin air. The Treasury actually prints them. 
and sends them out into circulation, okay? So one of the reasons why the dollar hasn't completely collapsed yet is because the entire world has to use dollars if they ever want to transact with other countries. Everything is settled in dollars. Now, if we, were, if we lose that reserve status, all of a sudden, those, there's no more demand from any other country other than America for these dollars, okay? So to the article, data released by the, the People's Bank of China and the Russian Central Bank shown light on a disturbing, at least for the U.S., trend as the Trump administration ratcheted up sanctions pressuring uh, Russia and China. Both countries and their central banks have substantially div diversified their foreign currency reserves, dumping dollars and buying up gold in each other's currencies. Back in September, we wrote about the People's Bank of China and the RCB building their reserves of gold to levels not seen in years. They have a chart here, and it, it really is. When you look at the global reserve holding of U.S. treasuries, which are basically just dollar-denominated bonds, right? You know, promises to pay you dollars in the future. That is on, um, on a very downward trajectory. And their gold reserves, their holdings of gold, is just going straight up. And that could be part of the reason why the uh, price of gold is going through the roof. The point I really want to stress here is, I mean, that might, this whole trend might take a while to play out where the dollar slowly uh, loses its reserve status, or maybe it happens all at once. But, it, you know, things change. We have a very, uh, especially as Americans, being such a young country, we have a very uh, um, short memory when it comes to history. You know, our, our history for most Americans begins, whew, I mean, I guess if we're talking the average American, probably like, it, 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 you know, the early uh, 18th, uh, you know, in the early 19th century, you know, the, like civil war is probably as far back as they go. But the dollar hasn't always been the reserve currency status. If you go back through history, uh, Portugal had it from like 14, looks like about 1425 to about 1550 or so. Spain took it on from there. Then it was the Netherlands, then France around, uh, you know, the 1700s to 1800s. Britain had it from the mid-1800s you know, mid to 1925, and then the U.S. took it. And the reason the U.S. took it was because we had a gold standard. It was because those Federal Reserve notes, and I've talked about this, were redeemable in gold. You could take your dollar, your paper dollar, uh, paper reserve note, and exchange it at the Federal Reserve for a dollar, and the dollar was the amount of gold that you got. I guess the point I'm trying to make here is China is one of the, the largest holders of U.S. debt. Um, they, you know, the, all they have to do is stop buying uh, our, our Treasury debt, and the Federal Reserve will have to pick up that slack. Uh, that if they if the rest of the world goes off of this uh reserve currency status the the federal reserve is going to be the one buying up everything and i mean their balance sheet is already uh, you know at 10 trillion or rapidly approaching 10 trillion Th this is this is a very uh we, we should not be threatening the countries that that are keeping us afloat i mean all all it takes is one flip of the switch and these people to realize that we're actually taking advantage of them and it could be all over for the United States. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but they, we, the amount of, of debt that we've added under Donald Trump and the Republicans has been more than ever before, over $3 trillion. Uh, since he took office, where the national debt is over $26 trillion now. It, they're, they're talking about, you know, throwing on another three, tack on another, you know, six from the Federal Reserve. I mean, they're, they're talking like $14 trillion or something like that this year alone. These are, these are numbers that nobody could comprehend, and you just can't do that forever. If you could, it would be easy. Every, there would be no poverty. There'd be no nothing. Everybody could just print up a bunch of pieces of paper and hand them out, and we could all sing Kumbaya. But that's not how it works. And uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk today, talk about today, um, along the, the same lines as the, uh, the forced sale of TikTok by the federal mafia, is the, the Kodak 
the the loan that Donald Trump has decided to give Kodak. You know that failed fucking camera company from your childhood, the ones where they'd have the 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 the, cam, the yellow cameras that we you'd roll up. They give you like twenty five pictures, and then you take them to Walgreens. Some of you are probably too young to remember this. You didn't always used to have a phone, a little supercomputer in your pocket that you could uh, take digital pictures with and and look at the pictures immediately. No, no, you had to take the picture. And then you'd take the film to the pharmacy, uh, Walgreens or whatever, and they would develop the film. You'd go pick it up in an hour, maybe, or sometimes a couple of days, and then you'd have the physical pictures, and you'd put them into a book, or you'd look through them or whatever. But Kodak got a loan from the federal government. And when I say the federal government, I mean you and me. So if you didn't know this, you've just invested in the new pharmaceutical wing of Kodak, the failed camera company. Okay, we've all become investors, unwitting, un, unwittingly investors, uh, to the tune of seven hundred and sixty-five million. I mean, this is—we are so far gone. <laughs> this is, this is ridiculous. Where? Show me where in the Constitution that the government can just start loaning money, investing in companies. There, there's no section for that. They can borrow money. They could issue bonds. They can't loan it. They can't turn into venture capitalists on our behalf, steal money from us, and throw it into companies at, at, you know, willy-nilly. We tried this under Obama with the uh, Solyndra. We lost $500 million. Okay, uh, This the $765, kiss it goodbye. It's gone. And I mean, I, I realize that that's basically becoming a rounding error now. I mean, that's almost a billion dollars of our money that, that they're throwing at, 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 some, at a, a camera company to develop a pharmaceutical wing to try to cure COVID, to come up with a vaccine or something like that. I mean, why is the government making this investment? Where, not only where do they get the, the authority, but if this was such a good idea, why couldn't they get money from the private sector? Why couldn't they go to some VC guys and say, hey, we have an, you know, this is, we got this plan. We, we just need $765 million and we're going to, you know, cure COVID with our pharmaceutical. I mean, of course, of course, nobody's going to give them fucking money from that. It's retarded. It's retarded. That's why they had to go to this re retarded fucking orange man and say, like, hey, you, you know, you can uh, create some money out of thin air. Why don't you just give it to us? Give us $765 million. We will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you buy some stock before you do it and we'll work our, you know, we'll do our. We'll give it the old college try. <laughs> we'll give it the old college try in the pharmaceutical business. The camera thing didn't quite work out. We didn't see this whole digital thing coming, even though I think we created the digital camera when it decided to go a little different direction. But we're going to be right on this uh, pharmaceutical thing. But seriously, I mean, there's a million ways that, the, uh, that Kodak could fund this privately in the private sector without using government funds. I mean, they could issue stock. They could sell bonds of their own. I mean, they, they could go on Shark Tank. Shit, go on fucking Shark Tank and try to get some money out of them. Nobody wants to fund this. I mean, that's the point, except for retarded government officials because it's not their money. I mean, who, what do they care about $765 million? The very fact that they had to go to the government to get this money proves that, they, that there is no demand in, in the marketplace for this, that nobody else is going to put their hard-earned money into this idea. So they get to go to the government. The government will make the mistake. We'll kiss that $765 million goodbye. It'll be a big oops. And then, of course, this will, all of this government central planning of the economy, the socialism that Donald Trump swore up and down, we would never become. <laughs> I mean, uh, talk about shutting the barn door after the, the horses have left or whatever. The, the, this socialist country that he swore we'd never become, this is all going to get blamed on capitalism. And this is what people think capitalism is. They think capitalism is Donald Trump banning TikTok from operating or forcing TikTok to sell to an American company. Okay, they think capitalism is Donald Trump stealing money from the American people and investing it in a company that he thinks could do well in the pharmaceutical industry. What? That, th this is so far removed from capitalism, and yet it keeps getting blamed for these idiotic, bureaucratic, socialistic interference. When this inevitably fails, when everything goes bad, it's going to be 
oh, capitalism run amok. We need more regulation. We need more government to fix everything. And remember what we talked about at the top of the show. Everything the government does is the opposite of what we need to have happen. The last thing we need to do right now is to give Kodak $765 million to start some pharmaceutical wing. I mean, Jesus Christ, they're just going to pay themselves a bunch of bonuses, squander this money. Nothing will come of it. The last thing we need is a bunch of bureaucrats, central planners, trying to figure out how to solve the world's problems or the country's problems. We need individual Americans, 330 million people, acting in their own self-interests, voluntarily exchanging ideas and their dollars and their labor to allocate resources properly to solve problems. That's the only proven way. I couldn't imagine a, a worse investment to do. And of course, that's exactly what the government's gonna do here. They always do the worst possible thing in every situation. Whatever they come up with, Republican or Democrat, whatever idea they have, whatever solution they have to the problem, do the opposite. Go George Costanza, okay? The, if everything they do is wrong, the opposite would have to be right. And everything the government ad advocates for is government, is uh, authoritarian, is socialist in nature. So the opposite, free markets, voluntarism, anarcho-capitalism would have to be right. I'm going to wrap there today, guys. Thank you so very much for listening. Don't forget to check out the uh, YouTube channel. I keep forgetting to, to promote that more. But, you know, Justin's been doing a lot of work, putting out a lot of content. And it, it's much more shareable than, you know, a 45-minute or an hour-long episode or something like that. So go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. And uh, find your favorite video on there and, and share it around with some of your friends. Maybe you can get some people to start listening to the show. We got to grow my numbers more, man. We're starting to plateau a little bit, and I'm not liking it. I don't know if it's something I'm doing or if it's something you're not doing, but we both got to be better. So uh, let's do better. Let's be better. And um, if you can do that for me, I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you. I'm going to go watch the sunset here and then maybe grab some dinner or something. Throw back some Johnny Walker. I will see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. And until then, you know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace.